Well, hi, everyone. Welcome to the health management category. I'm super excited to be chatting with Yossi. He's the CEO of Switch. Yossi, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Carl, for inviting me and for choosing Switch for this conference. Absolutely. Well, to give audience context of why we're having this conversation, uh, we looked okay. at well over 400 companies, what we consider within the health management category. And one of the companies that really stood out to us was Switch. And Switch, um, they had some really impressive applications and ways that they're managing chronic diseases. And then not only their process, but their approach and the way that they engage within patients was impressive to us, which is one of the reasons why we thought they were one of the top companies out of 400 companies within the health management category. So with that, I think this is, uh, no, we're super excited about doing this interview. Before we even get into the product questions about what makes Sweet so interesting, uh, we're gonna quickly jump to uh, a, a great visual that has a, a good uh, explanation about who is Sweet and you know what are the things that they're doing. So we'll, you'll see, we'll switch to that and then we'll jump back into questions. Sound good? Sounds perfect, thank you, Brian. Switch is a clinically validated AI-based platform that promotes health, improves clinical outcomes, and prevents chronic diseases. Physical activity, weight management, diet and nutrition, in a combination with disease management elements like medication adherence, treatment protocols, and assessment. These together provide a comprehensive solution that helps patients throughout their journey to become healthier. In a clinical trial conducted by Johns Hopkins Endocrinology, Diabetes and Metabolism Division, with 86% patient retention, SWEETCH achieved clinically significant outcomes on all measures evaluated. We thought about ways that we might be able to work with our employees that were time effective as well as uh, effective in preventing diabetes. Since I've been using Switch, I've been able to be more active for longer periods of time without fatiguing as much, which means I get to play with my kids a lot longer and not have to sit down for breaks and hear, mommy, mommy, no, let's go, let's play. And I actually just did a repeat blood work through my work and it showed that my A1C is starting to drop. I use the weight and the tracking of meals, which gives me an idea of what I'm eating and what, what I shouldn't be eating. I'm more mindful of what I'm putting in my body. Switch developed a behavioral change AI engine. The way that it works is by collecting data from the mobile device, crunch it, and come up with the right recommendation at the right time to the individual. Switch integrates behavioral science and persuasive technologies inspired by the worlds of mobile gaming and social empowerment to ensure long-term engagement for sustainable behavior change. Switch app has made me accountable. I think the app is adapting to me, and I say that because I really, really appreciate the reminders that it will give me. Helping people adapt to a healthier lifestyle is not easy. I believe that what uh, we are aiming for and the way that we are doing, which is unique, is something that will create the effect and will touch hundreds of millions of people around the globe. So, Yossi, great video. I think that's a it's a fantastic video, guys, that, that you guys put together. Um, before I even jump into the product questions of Switch, one of the things that I wanted to understand was what is the backstory behind this company? Why, why did you guys start Switch? So maybe I will start with a quick introduction of myself because it's connected. So I'm a family physician in my clinical practice. I'm still 
telling patients to open their mouth and take a deep breath. But most of my time during the last 15 years, I was in the interface between technology and medicine. So I was privileged to lead the digitalization of the largest healthcare organization in Israel, actually the second largest health organization in the world after Kaiser. And in this system, which currently serves the majority of the Israeli population, it essentially changed the dynamics of how healthcare is perceived and how healthcare is delivered and is serving millions of patients for tens of millions of interactions on a monthly basis. In my clinic, I have about a third of my patients that suffer from what is called metabolic syndrome diseases. This is a group of diseases, including diabetes, diabetes, hypertension, obesity, hypercholesterolemia. In, in Western countries, there are about a third of the population suffers from this group of diseases. For example, in the U.S., pre-diabetes and diabetes together account for around 120 million people. One of the biggest challenges that I experience and experience with my patients is compliance and adherence to uh, the recommendations that I provide them as a physician. So beyond the challenge of choosing the right medication and choosing the right treatment, after I prescribe my patients' treatments, there is the challenge of whether they indeed follow up on these treatments. If you look at global statistics, these chronic diseases account for about 86% of all healthcare spending. And almost 50% of adults living in developed countries have chronic diseases. This is why the World Health Organization indicates that only about 50% of these patients follow treatment recommendations, and only about 20% of them follow disease prevention recommendations. This lack of adherence to follow recommendations ends up with huge impact on morbidity, mortality, quality of life, and financial perspectives. So with this in mind, what which when we um, started the company, what we wanted to achieve is how do we transform clinical outcomes and empower healthier lives in a way that will be one, clinically validated, two, personalized in a very a, a, to a very high level, and three, scalable. And this is, is, it's not trivial because there are many solutions out there that aspire to change clinical outcomes, most of which, also, most of which are, are human dependent, even those who are technology facilitated. And the major problem with this, the major challenge with these other platforms is the cost efficiency and scalability. So there is so much, no matter how much the technology platform facilitates human coaching to support chronic care patients, 
the intervention is limited. If you look at the biggest companies in this space, again, without mentioning specific names, uh, and you gather them together, and these are companies that raised billions of dollars with hundreds of millions and sometimes billions of dollars in revenues. Together, they touch less than 5% of the U.S. market. And the major challenge is, is that they are human dependent. So how do you create a system that from one hand will be what we call hyper-personalized and from the other hand will be cost-efficient and scalable? And that's the background story for uh, what we do. Really interesting. It, uh, it's interesting, uh, given your unique background as well, having been both a, uh, on the, uh, a doctor or a physician, as well as being on the business side, working in venture and even investing in healthcare companies, as well as helping out launch a, a, uh, a nationwide digital solution for healthcare within, within Israel. So it's, it's impressive that you have that, uh, that uh, insight across the board, understanding the problems on a variety of different fronts. Um, you know, going into the product itself, Switch at a, at a simple, in the simplest form is what we can think of as an AI digital personal intervention program for chronic conditions. And I, I think you already highlighted the reasons why, but I'm just curious, why did you want to focus on chronic conditions? Is this just primarily because it is the biggest problem, the most expensive problem in the healthcare system today, and this is, and, and you've experienced this problem within your own clinics as well? Indeed, that's uh, exactly the story. You know, it's, um, when, for me, it wasn't just about, uh, okay, let's develop a cool AI tool. It's about how do we use this advanced technology in order to change people's behavior and create a significant impact. What Switch essentially is doing, it's a combining advanced data science, behavioral science, and user experience in order to increase the likelihood of a patient doing what he or she needs to do according to their care provider's recommendations. How do we take the power of AI and combine it with behavioral science in order to bottom line affect clinical outcomes? And this is one of the major, the, the adherence issue and the compliance issue, not only to medications, but to the overall challenges that each chronic patient faces, which is a clinic uh, visits, which is uh, keeping up with activity, which is keeping up with weight management, keeping up with medications, all to look at the patient in a holistic way and being able to change the natural history of disease. So it's not just about, okay, it's a cool technology, and, and there, it is, and I will demonstrate it later on, but it goes to also to the... So the reason why I decided on the first place to be a doctor. So um, uh, 
you know, I, I will tell a small joke maybe, but uh, my, when I, uh, my grandmother, when she was alive, she, at some point she, she you know, she, she knew I'm dealing with technology and heavy tech stuff. And when people asked her, you know, you, you have a grandson that is a physician and so on. She said, yes, he's a physician of computers. But, um, but for me, it's not about that. For me, the computers and the technology enables to take the basic skills of a face-to-face -face interaction, like in the old, very, very, you know, uh, old uh, tradition of being a physician, but now impacting not only the person that sits in front of you, but impacting populations. And this is exactly what Switch is all about. Uh, improving the health and uh, uh, changing clinical outcomes for the masses. Something that you cannot do if you are based only on human coaching. Interesting. Really interesting. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm curious because um, you talked about uh, a couple different categories you focus on, uh, metabolic diseases. Uh, I think you also suggest in other parts of your, uh, your website as well, both cardiovascular and autoimmune issues. Chronic conditions can be vast and it can vary drastically across different patients. And I'm just curious, you know, like how did you build out the functionality for these specific chronic conditions? And did you start with one? In a specific subset of patients before you expanded elsewhere? Or did you kind of try to go all in at once with uh, a variety of different chronic conditions and build a platform that can cater to everybody? So to explain this, I need to go a bit deeper into the what the platform is doing. And if I may, can I share my screen so it will be part of the... Absolutely. Yeah. So, as I said, what Switch is all about is what we call precision engagement. Precision engagement is a newly developed term that reflects that similar to precision medicine, where you tailor the a specific treatment to a specific individual based on disease characteristics, genetic characteristics, and so on. Precision engagement is how do you trigger behavior based on the specific patient's life habits and personality. And that's what we call, we trigger behaviors through AI. What we do, what the system is doing, it collects data from the patient's smartphone and other connected devices like connected glucometer, connected connected blood pressure monitoring, and without asking the user, the patient, any questions, the system learns through the raw data uh, the user life habits, or what we call the user's life print. So where you work, where you live, uh, how much time do you commute from work, work from, to home, what is the weather outside, uh, how much time did you sleep at night, and so on. And we create a picture of how the patient's life looked like. Based on this picture, we are able to send this just-in-time, just-in-place recommendations, which I will demonstrate in a 
minute. And by being just in time, just in place, just in context, just with the right tone of voice, we increase the likelihood of the patient indeed doing what he or she is supposed to do according to the uh, um, uh, medical recommendations. After the system sends the message, it learns from the user's real-world behavior which messages work and which messages didn't work, didn't activate the patient to do the recommendation. And based on the user's real-world behavior or real-world compliance, the system automatically continues to tweak the recommendations based on the user's real-world behavior. So if the user, if the patient ignores a certain type of messages in a certain context, the system will at some point stop showing these messages to this specific individual because these messages do not trigger action in this specific individual. And vice versa, if a certain type of messages trigger action, the system would leverage it. How does this look in real life? So instead of telling the patient, oh, you need to walk 10,000 steps a day, or you need to walk for 30 minutes a day, the type of messages that switch will send would look like the following. Good morning, Lara. You have 45 minutes before your next meeting. It's raining outside, so take an umbrella and go pick up a cappuccino from Nylon Coffee Roasters. It's for Everton Park. It's only nine minutes away. You'll feel more vivid and achieve your 19-minute activity goal. Everything in this message was created automatically. We are connected to Lara's calendar. So we know when she's available. We are, we are connected to her location. So we know what's the weather outside. And we know what are, is Lara's favorite coffee shops. And then present a message that is, is aiming to trigger Lara to go and do some activity. Likewise, if you, we speak about patients with uh, uh, diabetes, uh, hi Brian, hungry. We noticed you just entered room 57 restaurant. How about taking 30 seconds to measure your glucose, take care of your body, and it will take care of you. But once again, it's all about creating these contextual messaging that are just in time, just in place, in order to trigger action. Once this message is sent, then the system it follows the patient's real-world compliance to see whether the message was effective or not effective in triggering behavior. And based on this analysis, it will uh, either stop showing these type of messages or leverage these messages in the future. And similarly, with regards to medications, if, for example, a patient will get a reminder to take a medication when he or she is driving, it won't be effective. You won't stop the car in the middle of the road to find your medication. So the system will notice your current context and respond accordingly. Hi, Mary. Good morning. We didn't want to disturb you while driving. It's time for your satsenda. So the idea is to find the right time, the right place, the right context, the right tone of voice uh, through which the, to increase the likelihood of the patient indeed following up on the recommendation presented. To go back to your question about, uh, and, and I, there are a lot of other uh, uh, type of recommendation that the system can trigger 
the right recommendation at the right time at the right place. And but I want to jump to uh, your question about the flexibility of the solution. So essentially, what I described now is the core technology of the company, which is called JITAI, which stands for Just in Time Adaptive Intervention. This technology that sends and collects data, analyzes the data in real time, engage with the patient in a just in time, just in place way, and then optimize the engagement based on the user's real world behavior. This JITAI can be deployed to different intervention modules, whether it's mate management, medication, activity, remote patient monitoring, patient reported outcomes. And indeed, we started our journey from diabetes prevention and diabetes management. But the system was built with such a flexibility that enabled us to take it to other disease domains because these principles that you see now on the screen are relevant to diabetes, to prediabetes, to hypertension, but also to other disease domains. So today we are operating in three categories, cardiovascular and metabolic syndrome diseases, autoimmune diseases, and oncology diseases. Because the, the common ground for all these diseases is if you will indeed be able to track the patient and find the right opportunities to increase the likelihood of the patient following up on certain recommendations, it doesn't really matter if it's an oncology or in rheumatoid arthritis because they share the same needs. What is different between these, uh, the different applications? Obviously, each one of these diseases has its own platform, all based on the same JITAI technology. Meaning in oncology, in breast cancer, you will have content related to breast cancer. In IBD, in inflammatory bowel disease, you will have content related to a Crohn's disease. And in diabetes, you will have content related to a, a diabetes. But the intervention, the just-in-time adaptive intervention will be the common ground for all the diseases. Interesting. From a business perspective, this enables a lot of uh, flexibility and gives a huge advantage because uh, our customers, whether they are pharma companies or um, uh, healthcare providers or healthcare players, they don't treat only one, one type of population. They treat several type of population, and this enables them to use the same platform for various kinds of populations with a similar user experience and a similar look and feel and changing the content. Interesting. And so the, the, I guess the providers themselves are the ones who create the care plans. That care plan exactly. can be easily integrated into your platform to provide the right insights or the right interventions at the right time. Exactly. Really unique. Exactly. That's, that's a, tough tough challenge it's one thing to send a reminder and say take your medication it's another thing to take it to a whole different level and saying what is the right time right place right location right message it's really challenging 
And do you exactly. feel as though having that approach really does keep your users engaged? I mean, what is what what uh, and from your experience so far, what has been that method that really keeps patients engaged in the long term? So I want to start from let's first you know to your question does this work so we have two types of uh, evidence that we collect one is clinical trials evidence and the second is real world commercial evidence the first clinical trial was done uh, was conducted by Johns Hopkins endocrinology diabetes and metabolism division um, in which in a group of people with pre-diabetes without any human intervention, which achieved clinically and statistically significant outcomes on all the measures that were evaluated. 86% retention rate, clinically and statistically significant A1C reduction. A1C is the biomarker for diabetes. Clinically and statistically significant weight loss and clinically and statistically significant increase in physical activity. Actually, Almost 23% of the patients that participated in this clinical trial reversed their diabetic state and returned to normal A1C levels. Based on this pilot clinical trial, the NIH just approved uh, Hopkins and Switch a, a multi-million dollar grant to conduct a much more robust clinical trial. Uh, one of the first that is utilizing fully automated solution, comparing it to the gold standard, which is a CDC-approved intervention. So this is on the, on the clinical trial side of things. And I want to, from a technology perspective, take you to, um, take you to the, how the system looks like in the from an algorithm perspective because you ask you know what is working for for the long term so the the true answer is uh, the long term what is working is if you are dynamic in your intervention and i want to show uh, what do i mean by by the word dynamic so um, this is an example from the Hopkins study. You see that the objectives that each patient, that these four patients, for example, uh, the objective that they, that, they, that they had is at the end reaching a goal of 150 minutes of activity per week. But the journey of achieving this goal was very different in different patients. One patient achieved it after 20 weeks, the second achieved it after 13 weeks, the third achieved it after four weeks, and so on. Switch doesn't have predefined goals because the whole idea is to make the journey adaptive and responsive to what the patient is doing or not doing in real life. So the system doesn't have predefined goals. In this, you can see the, the orange line is the goals that the system presents, and the blue line is the real world active time of the of the patient you see the system takes the patient step by step towards increasing activity if the patient is doing 10 minutes 
the goal will be 11. The patient is doing 12, the goal will be 14, and so on. Some point, what happens here, and this is a pattern that we see with many of our patients, at some point you reach a, you reach a goal that is too much for the patient, whether he or she had a bad week or the, or the goal is too tough, and you see this decline in activity. What the system is automatically doing then, it's reducing the goal with the idea of bringing the user back to his or her winning zone. Because what we aspire to do is not to uh, win a battle. We want to win the war. And winning the war means having patience and being dynamic enough to life. And you know, life, we are not robots. It's not that you click on a button and then we start walking. And the burst in engagement that you see here is, some, is a pattern that we also see with many of our patients. Once you bring the user, once you bring the patient back to his or her winning zone, it's much easier to gain more motivation. How does this look like when you look at the algorithms? Once again, I will share my screen and and you look at the algorithms, and I, I won't go too much into the details. On the left side here, but you see at the beginning of the journey, the system sends messages. Some of the messages are acted upon. Some of the messages are ignored. You see these up and down spikes. Uh, and this is the time that takes the algorithm to learn the user's behavior. After about two to four weeks, you see the line stabilizes which means that at this point, the system learned which messages the user responds to and which messages the user ignores. So if the user ignores it, why present it? It's just annoying. So at this stage, when the, user, when the system learned the user habits, the vast majority of the recommendations that the system sends are indeed acted upon. Another perspective that I didn't touch until now is the tone of voice. Different people react to different tone of voices. And it's not only about what is the specific trigger for you. If, for example, positive social um, recommendations mean saying to you, hey, Kyle, today you did best in your age group. Generally speaking, they are highly motivating. But if I will repeat, if the system will repeat this, message day after day after day, after a few days, you would lose interest. So it's not only about what specific message you show now, it's also about how the music sounds. And, and the, this music, each individual has a certain type of music, a certain type of tuning to keep the patient motivated over a long period of time. Really impressive. You know, I think that's the uh, one of the biggest challenges uh, that we see across health management categories. Not that the simplicity of creating a care plan and creating a reminder, but it's really how do you change the behaviors of an individual is the hardest part. And being able to deal with what you talked about, how dynamic that is and how you can build a dynamic platform around it. It's impressive. 
that uh, really impressive that you've been able to create that uh, that ability to uh, follow the patients wherever they are in their daily life and adjust accordingly. Um, super incredible. I know we only got a Thank few you. more minutes left, um, but I, I have a, a couple different questions. Three more questions left. One is, you know, health management seems like a challenging category from the perspective of who's responsible for paying for applications and what is the right business model, whether it's per user, risk-based, et cetera. So I'm just curious, what is the risk or what is the business model that you guys typically operate? So going back to being a, an AI platform, this gives a lot of flexibility on several levels, some of which we touched and some of which I will touch now. So it gives us flexibility on the scalability level. We are, being, we are capable of deploying to tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of patients, something that a human-based solution, even if it's based on technology, as a facilitator cannot do. Level, this is one level of flexibility. Second level of flexibility is the, that we are cross-disease. We touched it on, on this as well. Uh, it's not a one-size-fits-all, but it's a one technology infrastructure that is relevant to both breast cancer and diabetes. The third is that we are flexible on the type of customers. That's Okay, that's the, the beauty of pre-recording. <laughs> no, that's the chief security officer now speaking. So, okay, okay so part of uh, Corona days. Yeah. <laughs> One day we would look at it and say, wow, what a history we lived through. <laughs> right. So, um, um so the, the third level of flexibility is that we are able to serve different types of customers. So today we have pharma companies as customers, providers, payers, and employers as customers. It's again the strength of being an AI system. The next level of flexibility is the flexibility on the geographical areas that we can be deployed. Think about a human-based company. There is, you know, to do such a spread, you need enormous resources and overhead. We have uh, deployments in Australia, in uh, Singapore, in, U in the UK, in Germany, in Canada, in the US, in Brazil, in Mexico. So again, this type of, of uh, global spread is also one of the advantages of being an AI-based. Specifically to your answer, and this goes again to the uh, flexibility, um, we are actually uh, flexible to different types of business models. So, and this really depends on the type of customers that we serve. So we have a SaaS-based model, so a fixed licensing and subscription above a certain threshold. We have an outcomes-based model, which is essentially no outcomes, no incomes. We put our money where our mouth is. There is a SaaS-based model per lives covered, which is mainly for a payers. 
And in the US, we are also uh, rainbow, so we are approved for reimbursement by both Medicare and Blue Cross Blue Shields through the uh, recently introduced remote patient monitoring CPT codes. So, uh, short to answer your question in short, flexibly, flexibility is the key. And depending on the specific customer, we define the right business model so it will be a true win-win. Interesting. You guys are, uh, it's, it's really impressive how flexible you are, not only from the, the way in which you work with a handful of different healthcare stakeholders, but also the platform itself and how they can scale across geographies, different types of disease states, et cetera. Uh, last, last couple questions here. Um, I'm curious, how do you think, or how has the pandemic affected your company? So, uh, good question. And the, the answer is uh, um, uh, not complicated, but divided. If you look at the business development, like the reach out to switch that uh, we get from all across the globe, this has jumped by hundreds of percent. So, uh, we are approached you know, on almost on a daily basis by companies from all over the world because of the need for remote patient monitoring and remote disease management optimization. So this is on the uh, great side. And on the challenging side, obviously, deploying the system today is much more challenging because of the social distancing, because of the all the, the lockdowns and so on. Um, but we believe that the interest that we see today is through our business development channels is something to stay. But once the, and we, we also see it in countries that are, uh, you know, where the restrictions are uh, easing, we see a pickup on uh, the adoption. Uh, essentially, one of the uh, uh, one of the uh, research that we did recently is we saw the correlate we we showed the correlation between uh, the usage of switch and lockdown periods. So uh, you see, like a compensation period after the lockdown is is relieved, you see a burst in engagement. So like a compensation to the period that the people were, you know, were not allowed to move freely. Interesting. Well, I think it's also unique that there's always this kind of a silver lining with everything. Um, and I hope that, uh, you know, pandemic as devastating as it was will be a net benefit for the overall healthcare ecosystem and, and encouraging technology adoption that really is going to drive or push past some of those bottlenecks that we face with managing care in a variety of different ways. Uh, last question, because I know we're a little, are you still good on time? Can we go a little bit over time? Yeah, okay. yeah it's okay. Um, the last question that I really wanted to ask you was, where do you think the future of chronic care management is going? I mean, what do you see that most people don't? Uh, 
So a good question. And I think that the principles that we described till now, meaning patients, maybe let's go a step back. Sure. Um, when I was younger in my career, I many times used the slogan that said, nothing about me without me. Essentially, what, what this slogan is saying that we are heading towards an era where the patient is becoming a, a true partner in managing his or her own health care. It's not saying that physicians are now not part of the game and the healthcare system is, you know, we can shut down hospitals. That's not what it means. It means that if in the past, you know, the control of one's healthcare was perceived, oh, that's my, I will go to my doctor, I will go to hospital. Today, more and more people feel like in many other areas that they are responsible for, like they are responsible for the bank account, they're responsible also for the healthcare. They want to know more, they want to understand more, and they are, and, and out of this, they also want to act in a better way when it comes to their healthcare. So this participatory healthcare uh, trend is going to be uh, more and more uh, reflective in how patients act, how medical teams act, and how healthcare system acts. If I want to make it uh, even more strategic, I would say that we are entering an era where um, the maybe I will show a slide that uh, two slides that will summarize this uh, well. So if today healthcare is, I would say, as as an approach, a one size fits all. You enter a patient's uh, clinic. Uh, there are guidelines that you know what you do, what you give patients in tier one, what you give patients if they don't respond, and then you start a trial and error to find the right treatment. So it's essentially like a black and white picture. And what the future of disease management and disease management optimization is going to look like, it's all about adding color to the picture. So to provide proactive and personalized, and I may say also preventative health care. So to move from where we are today, which is a reactive healthcare system, to a proactive one. So to move with where we are today with a, a, a trial and error and guidelines type of medicine to a personalized one. That's what I call adding color to the picture. The second thing, and this might be a good uh, point uh, with what uh, to end, um, is that um, digital health and healthcare personalization is becoming a main, you know, mainstream healthcare. It's not. It's not. It, it is still innovate, innovative, and it's still, you know, a, a changing the traditional ways. But everyone understands that COVID accelerated this understanding significantly. That this is here to stay. 
And uh, I like this quote because if you don't like change, you don't, you're going to like irrelevance even less because the days we live in that personalized and proactive and preventative care is not a privilege. And healthcare systems and pharma companies and the payers that won't adopt it will find themselves not relevant in several years. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's like a really great, great quote, I think, for uh, uh, the future of healthcare uh, technology overall, for sure. Well, with that, Josie, thank you so much for taking the time. Before I close out, did you have any remarks, announcements, ask the audience at all, or things that you'd like to share? I think we covered the, the main issues about the need, about the platform itself, about its business model uniqueness, and how it is embedded into the larger strategic view. Absolutely. No, this is this was fantastic, phenomenal. Again, Yossi, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Again, for uh, perspective for the audience, we looked at well over 400 companies in the health management space. We thought Switch was one of the best. You get to see that the, the, the little bit more deeper reasons why we think Switch is probably one of the top companies within this category. It's, it's impressive what you've built, not only in a unique platform that allows you to engage with users and what you talked about in a dynamic fashion with a variety of different these states, disease states, but also at scale across millions of different patients, across different geographies. And you can work with a variety of different healthcare stakeholders, not just the providers themselves. You've worked with payers and et cetera. Uh, on top of that, you built out a business model that fits for everybody's use case and to different type of geographies as well. So super impressive what, uh, what you've built and, and, and uh, really incredible the, the progress that you've made, which I think is probably one of the most challenging categories to go after overall. So thank you so much, Josie, for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate the uh, insightful questions and attention and time. And looking forward to collaborating more in the future. Absolutely.